Guys, what's going on, man? We are officially back, man. I was actually recording the podcast yesterday, and then, of course, it just went out on me. So, guys, I apologize. I was out literally all day doing craziness, and here I am just hoping that this episode is going to go as planned. But nonetheless, man, I am so, so grateful right now just because – and you guys hear a lot of noises out there, so don't 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 uh, don't be too alarmed. But nonetheless, I am amazed at the fact that – I've been able to just meet an array of different people. So I have to go back to the Vietjet Air so you guys can make some sense of all of this. So when I actually got on the airplane, it was only 50% full. It was fantastic. And the flight attendants were smiley as opposed to the Air Asias, the Nok Airs, and the other low-cost airlines around uh, Southeast Asia, most notably, obviously, in Thailand. So that flight was fantastic, an hour and 40 minutes, and it was fire. So then after that, of course, I ended up landing, and you know what? Just being able to just hover right over this beautiful place, also known as Dalat, and hearing the, I mean, not hearing, but seeing the green textiles and the the gorgeous that's like right down below, I think it was just so incredible. Because, you know what, I'm coming from the most polluted city, probably one of the most polluted cities on the planet. It's a concrete jungle out there in Bangkok. And then when you come into a place like this where it's very villagey, oh my god, man, I couldn't, I wasn't great, man, I couldn't be grateful enough. Landed, immigration was all smiles. You know, ended up seeing a guy that I originally had saw at the airport out there at, uh, in Bangkok. So I saw this guy, and next you know, he ended up talking to me because we were the only two foreigners on the plane. So right when I got off the plane, an immigration officer, there was like no one there, not one person, just three immigration officers. One came around the counter, and he said, visa, and then he looked at everything, and he said, okay, give me five minutes. And then the boss came, he looked at everything, got the paperwork, got this, got that. He went away for five minutes, came back with the visa inside. Dude was so happy, he was so Oh my god, he was just so grateful in general, you know what I mean? So, I mean, I just think it was just such an amazing amazing experience in general because, you know, I just came from a goddamn country where the immigration officer in Thailand was screaming at this man who was asking a simple question. Like, who do you want to go first, the youngest one, middle one, or me? And he was like, no, one, one, one. And I'm like, you know what? These people are really fucked up. And, you know, and it just made me realize after being here, you know, a couple of days already, I'm just going to cover just what happened on the day I arrived. I'm going to cover what happened. Oh, my God. I don't know. Damn it. I'm going to have to, like, rename this because it's going to be a long podcast if I cover every single detail. But it made me realize, guys, why am I still in Thailand? Okay, you know, there might be, you know, some opportunities, do this, do that, but... Once I create this online platform, it's time for me to go because I do believe that there is just too much more to life than to just be, you know, just being harassed by individuals who are just so ignorant. And don't tell me that, oh, this is the way we have to act. No, it's you. It's your culture. It's your country. It's what you've been taught. This is not how you treat people because I just landed in Vietnam and they treated me like a world-class citizen. So what the hell am I still doing in Thailand Trying to, you know what, okay, just calm down, Arsenio, calm down. All right, we're okay, we're all right, okay, so let's get back into this. You know what, and then, of course, I ended up commuting all the way to the epicenter of this gorgeous place, and 
Oh my God, guys, it's tucked away so high in the mountains. We're talking like 2,000 meters up. And because it was like at a 2,000, it was 2,000 meters up, there are clouds just running right over us. So it's not necessarily rain, but it's probably just cloud cover. Does that make sense? So here go these clouds. They're so low. They're going right over us. There's a beautiful lake right in the heart of town. There's restaurants overlooking the lakes. And you got these wonderful monuments up to the left. And you got bars tucked away on like the city center with these gorgeous hotels overlooking the lake. I'm like, oh my God, man, this is a fire. And so, again, you guys have probably already saw my Instagram video and whatnot. But nonetheless, man, I got into my hotel and I was able. God damn it, I'm so, I should, should just take this YouTube video off. I left this damn YouTube video running. Anyways, okay, so if you guys hear all this watery noise, it's because I was trying to sleep with all this damn noise outside. So I put, like, sounds of shower and stuff on. Anyways, who cares? All right, so let's keep focusing. Let's keep focusing. All right. <sighs> Checked into my hotel. And you know what? One thing I always thought about Vietnam, I said, you know what? If I'm actually going to end up making a move here for whatever reason it is, and I don't know if I'll be able to teach here because I don't like teaching in schools anymore um, because I'm way beyond that. I'm way better than that. Uh, no offense to anyone who teaches in a school, but I'm just way beyond that. Um, but I would love to do some volunteering just to spread my brand more, of course, and whatnot. Not, not to spread my brand, but, but of course to do volunteering. That's what I want to do in Ho Chi Minh City. But I'm over here trying to figure out the food, and you know what, Dalat, of course, you know, it's just a little bit north, northeast of Ho Chi Minh City. I believe, I believe, I might be geographically all jacked up, but this place is phenomenal when it comes to food, because you know what, they have a French influence here for whatever reason. I really don't understand why there's that French influence, uh, but I'm guessing, obviously, the French came here, the UK, Australians, all that stuff during the war, but Dalat has no... And I'm talking about they have no recollection. They, they don't have these museums and these tunnels and stuff that you can visit throughout, you know, this specific area, this province, this prefecture. So, you know, it, it feels like almost as, as if Ho Chi Minh City is in the past and Dalat is looking towards the future. Nonetheless, man, people would automatically assume, and I'm going to jump into something else because I just read a blog and do people stare at me? Absolutely. But they don't stare at me in the Thaiish way. So a lot of you be like, wait, well, what is the Thaiish way? Well, Thai women, when they walk by me and when they stare at me, they clutch their purse, they clutch their money, they clutch everything, right? Because apparently I'm going to steal their money. Here in Vietnam, they stare as if in awe, like, wow, where are you from? They're interested. I could feel these types of things because I have a great phenom I have a phenomenally well intuition. Let me give you an example. I took a taxi ride to a cafe yesterday. And this lady was just looking at me and, you, you know, it was so weird because I, I don't know why she was looking at me, but she was looking at me and I winked at her, you know, just to, you know, break the ice and she smiled. So again, what does that mean? It means if I do that to Thai women, oh, holy shit, I would get one of the darkest, nastiest comments and then I would get blown up talking about how bad black people are on panty. Do you guys understand what I'm saying? And I'm not trying to compare Vietnam to Thailand. It's incomparable. Okay. Obviously, Vietnam is a place where you can actually sustain a living, depending on what you actually do. I think the people here are phenomenal. I think they are so wonderful. Hell, you know, I, I don't want to get into what I did yesterday. I want to put that on another podcast because – or this is going to be an extra long podcast. Um, but in that first night, <clears throat> you know, being able to see the pe people and to see these clouds and to see – 
the motorcycles and how people are just so open. It made me realize like, damn, am I missing out on life? Am I missing out on something? You know, I'm over here on sidewalks with little, you know, little, little children came up to me in the cafe. I'm going to stop at the cafe. This is what happened yesterday. But you guys are listening to this today, but I'm actually doing what happened two days ago. But nonetheless, I'm going to stop at the cafe. We were actually sitting down and people would just come and sit at your table. And so here goes the, here, here are these three, four kids. They sat down and they just looked at me and there were two twins. I was like, oh, they're so cute. But they didn't look at me in a terrifying way. And again, you guys just say, okay, this sounds more like the stare. Yes, it does. Because when I talk about kids looking at me in a terrifyingly way, this happens primarily in China, in Korea, in Japan. When they see a foreigner, they hurry up and run behind their mother and clutch their legs. And the mother doesn't use that as a teaching moment to say, hey, don't you dare say that. Apologize to that man. They don't do that. They actually clutch the child's hand, look at the goddamn foreigner or the black man lack thereof, and they hurry up and run off. But these children here and the people here, they look at me because they're interested. And that's very welcoming. Now, I saw the blog and they say, oh, yeah, you know, uh, people really the staring, you know, at first it's OK, but then it gets a little bit crazy. But I'm like, well, I mean, OK, the staring. OK, it is what it is. But what way are they staring at you? Are they staring at you as if you're a criminal? Are they staring at you as if you're going to commit a crime? Or are they staring at you like, wow, look at this cool guy. Because you know what? Ah, I'm going to stop it right there because I'm going to tell you about the entire story going up the mountain. That was craziness. Oh, my God. But nonetheless, guys, that's what I picked up. And I just want to just get this out because, again, you cannot compare a country with another country. But obviously, I do believe that I've been completely out of touch with living in Thailand. And I think my time is running up there like very, very soon. We're talking next year soon because I don't believe there's anything else for me there. Okay, yes, I can make a little bit of money here. Yes, I'm becoming the talk of town with this company, that company. And yes, this is the year that I, my, my, <clears throat> excuse me, my career has taken off tremendously. Yes. But at the same time, everything needs to be done online. Everything that I'm doing online and teaching online, once that happens, I no longer have to live in Thailand and then I could just live here. Or if I do want to leave that input in Asia, I do believe that Vietnam, it's not a pool, it's a pushier when it comes to learning English. Let me give you guys, well, you know what, I'm going to leave that for another podcast because you guys are going to be very, very interested in that one. But nonetheless, guys, I'm just unbelievably grateful. This has been the most mysteriously amazing city that I've ever been in. Now, I've been to Bali. Bali, you know what you're going to get. Here, I had no idea what I was going to get. They just said, okay, it gets about 15 degrees Celsius at night, and, you know, it's up to about 23, 25, even up to 28 uh, during the day, which it didn't reach. But um, you actually – when you come into this town, you're like, oh, my god, this has like a Kathmandu, Nepal type of feel. has like a Mongolia type of feel because the people who are indigenous to this specific area, they're darker than me, and, and their habits are very interesting because they would go into cafes – and they would sit at a table and speak amongst each other with no problem. I'm like, dude, that is so awesome. And so little girls, you know, out there on the street and they're just smiling at me. And of course I smile back. And the students are, the, oh my God, the students are really, really cool because, well, it's the newer generation. 
And so, guys, I'm going to put more into the next podcast because I don't want to make this like a 30-minute podcast, and I'm going to separate it. So, guys, stay tuned for more. Yesterday, well, yeah, yesterday, if you guys are listening to this, oh, my God, I'm going to talk about my mountain tour, okay, leading up to what I saw in the evening. And then what I'm going to do is talk about what's going to happen today, which is the big waterfall, and me riding my first motorbike in more than five years. So that's going to be a fantastic fantastic and i mean a very very fantastic uh, video and if you guys haven't watched my instagram tv video i met the guy paul on the mountain we'll talk about that later uh in the next podcast but you guys should watch that because then you'll get a sense of what has happened over the past couple of days so unbelievably grateful vietnam you guys have been fantastic and guys stay tuned for more i'm your host as always over and out